about to be in like two seconds. It's recording. Actually, you're right. Hey, why don't, why don't you have him do the intro for us? Just here, ready? Go ahead, rip the intro. Rip the intro. Just say welcome to the Athletic Aesthetic Podcast and give say exactly what you said to Trey. <laughs> oh, shit. Yo, 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 what's happening? Welcome to the motherfucking Athletic Aesthetic Podcast with my big-headed ass brother, motherfucking Trey Tip, and the man himself, VC2 Art over there. Yes, sir. Hey. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. <laughs> hey, you heard funny. it, man. That's the intro. That's the intro. So we got a good guest today. We got our boy Tyler. He's a best-selling author. He's the CEO of the Happy Heart Academy. And, uh, bro, I'm gonna let the episode do the talking. We get real. We get. We go in on this one. We go in. I ain't gonna lie. And it's, it was fun. It was a good time. As you heard, my my small-headed <laughs> brother. Um, it, it's gonna be a good time, man. It's definitely Tyler's definitely. A guy who, who's been through a lot, but also helps people through a lot. So I'm excited. No doubt. Um, yeah, man. This is Athletic Aesthetic. This is episode 33 of the show. We got a good one, so stay tuned. Without further ado, let's get to it. Get it cracking. If you, if you come to me with a problem, I'm going to make sure that if you're going to come to me with a problem, we're going to come out with a solution. And if you're coming to me without the solution, listen, then you're just a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And like... I literally, um, last night, like we got the news of what's going on with my mom and, um, technically I just told my mom goodbye, right? Like she's willing, the bottom line is alcohol is what's killing her. Right. So like, that's, what's destroying her heart. And the doctor's like, you can't get the surgery that you need. So her heart's at 25%. Your heart cannot continue to, um, pump enough blood to the brain or body. Um, at 20%. So I'm like, you have 5%. I, I, I wrote, like, she didn't want to c- call me. She texted me this long book. I texted her back. And I said, the doctor said he has statistically proven that he can increase your heart muscle and get you at least back to 45, maybe 50%. And you're at 25. You have 5% life left. And you're, if, if you decide to choose the bottle over life, I can't, I can't continue. You, that's, right. that's you not choosing me. Right. Like, and if you don't see that, because of your victim mentality. Like you have a problem, the doctor gave you a solution. You can fix your problem. You're not choosing to fix the problem. And you're like, I'm, I'm 57 right now. I'm gonna live my life the way that I wanna live it. And I said, if you decide to do that, I am no longer gonna be a part of your life because yeah. you're choosing alcohol over me. You're choosing taboos over me. And like, you know how hard that was also how like I'm so stonewalled to the emotional like effect that I just told my mom goodbye. Like you're, you're going to die alone. Like, and I have no emotional like pain with that because I'm like, this has been my life and continuously stays my life. But I thought that she would, this would wake her up. You have 5% life left. And she hasn't, she, she chose, she said, Tyler, I'm going to live my life the way that I want to. And I said, if that's your choice, if that's what you want to do, I I can't keep you in my family. Like, and, and so it's like, what you said was like, she came to me with a problem without, she knows the solution, but not willing to take the solution. It breaks my heart because I'm going to watch my mom die behind the bottle. Mm. Be- and unless something changes, which I don't think it's going to happen. I thought it was going to change because she can't, she can't even jump on a phone call because she doesn't have enough energy to hold a conversation. She has a text. Wow. That's, that's where she's at. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you have an opportunity to change that and you're not 
changing it. Like, don't point this at me as if I'm making the wrong decision, kicking you out of my life because you're choosing alcohol once again over, over your sons. And so like what you said is, is like great. All that being said, great episode because it's like, you're right, but you know how hard that is mm -hmm. like that truth is easy to speak. It's hard to live by. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like when you actually have to live by it, dude, that's when it's like truth is not fun. It's not. It's never been fun. You know, and that was one that I have to deal with be a decision. Like she texted me this morning again and I'm like, I just replied. OK, like, OK, because I'm like, I, I wrote it out to you plain as day. You have a choice to make. You either choose the bottle or you choose me. If you decide to live the way that you want to live, clear indication that it's not me. And if it's not me, I'm not choosing you either. And that hurts me. And you feel I, I feel like she doesn't feel like her decisions play a role in my she's like, this is my life. No, your your decisions still affect my life, even if we're not together, because now I have to hold this. I have to make this decision that I don't want to have to make it because it hurts me. Because mm -hmm. you've abandoned me your entire life. It's like you've been there physically, but never emotionally. And now you have a choice and you're on your deathbed and you're still Deciding too fucking stubborn right. to give up the thing that's killing you. Yeah. And yet you say you love me. Man, I'm, uh, I, I don't really, it sounds like that's really fresh, obviously, that was yeah. this morning. So um, I think that a lot of people can relate to it, though, in a sense. Obviously not exactly what you're you're going through I can personally relate to it because there's people I look at in my life where you know I think I know you know what's best or, or whatnot but you know when you find yourself in a life or death situation it's it's pretty clear like what's best and what's not and it's black or white um, I'm sorry that you're going through this all that to say man yeah. because like as much as I want to you know be like because uh, I'm a positive guy so, yes. I know you are too Same. so I like I try to like find I know you are too we all try to stay. Um, and I wonder sometimes, like, am I a positive guy just because of the, like, pain that I've had to overcome? Mm. So it's like, um, you know, like, anytime I feel like I'm in a, in a situation like that where I don't know how to, you know, express how I'm really feeling to that person or, um, you know, like, like, I just, I know, like, how to make everybody else's life better. And it's when they, when that's not received. I mean, I struggled a little bit with with my dad in a sense when he had cancer. Like, obviously, he wasn't he didn't have, you know, any terrible habits as far as like drugs or alcohol. But like, he he ate very unhealthy. And so, like, I remember even like he'd leave a chemo treatment and go to the restaurant and order a diet Pepsi. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, it would it would eat me alive because I'd just be like, I'd want to like reach across the table and be like, hey man, like. We're fighting for life right now. Like you're fighting to like stay here. You can't afford this. And you know it's it's weird. Like when you're in that uh, you're in that moment, it's it's kind of hard to love someone and also like guide them and try to like want the best for them. And it actually terrifies me a little bit thinking about it as like as a parent because I know I'm gonna get to a point where my kids just they wanna they gotta mess up on their own. Yeah. And like I even see myself right now with Veda and. And even Vinny's learned how to walk, like where I'm like, well, I'm the I'm the helicopter parent. Like Lindy's like, let them fall. They'll they'll get up. Like they'll <laughs> yeah. figure it out. And I'm the one that's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, hold on. Like I'm gonna catch them. I'm gonna like do all this stuff. So I know if I'm physically doing this, when I see them enter into a relationship where I know they're gonna fall, like I'm gonna be the one that's like, no, I gotta say something. I gotta like. Mm -hmm. That's such a helpless 
feeling and place to be in. And um, Trey, I don't know if you want to speak to that at all. Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking, bro, because at the end of the day, man, I know it's frustrating, you know what I mean, where you feel like you're the child playing the parent. Mm. But then at the end of the day, I sat here and I thought about it, bro, and I feel like God speaking to me in the way of it is saying that, like, at the end of the day, they get to choose on how they want to go out. And that is tough to understand because it's not always the choice of you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's like, well, why isn't it me? It's because, to be honest with you, you were what, 24? Mm-hmm. You're what, 26? 27, yeah. 27, right? I'm 27. Mm-hmm. For being honest, I mean, yeah, it sucks, but if you're going to go out the way that you want to go out, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to love you anyway. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's one that I had to realize, man, because my mom passed away. She knew she was going to die, and she never said nothing about it. She also knew, right, that if she kept partying, this was going to be the result. But then when I sit there and I talk to all her friends, they were like, bro, she had the best time of her life before she passed away. Mm. Mm. I can't Mm. take that away from you if Mm. that's what you wanted to be your last minute. I can't take that away from you if that's what you wanted to do for Mm. your last moment. And as much as it's sickening because it's like, this is what I want for you, but that Mm. might not be what she wants for her. Yeah. And it, you know how hard it is to accept that, especially because that's your mom, mm-hmm. that's your dad, that's my mom. Yeah, what yeah. You, mean? I, you don't you don't want to do what's right to to make sure that this happens, bro. They did, whether they did it or didn't, bro. Look where you're at now. You're grown now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think it has to do with like when do you accept the cards that are dealt? And that is like, what, and that's the same. Are you gonna wait for another? You know, are you gonna wait for another hand, or are you just gonna accept the cards that you were dealt? Because like if you accept. Like the first time you 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 know you you suffer loss or like you know some sort of setback in life, if you're like, all right, these are my forever cards, that those are the cards you're gonna play, and then when the, that last card is played, man, like you're you're out, like that's mm-hmm. it. So it's like, how do you want to play that last hand? For example, I'm sure in everybody's life who suffers from alcoholism, drugs, something pushes them to that, mm-hmm. of course. and then they accept those cards of that trauma. Mm-hmm. And then they just say, well, this is how I cope with it. This is how I'm going to deal with this hand. Instead of trying to get another hand, instead of trying to be like, I'm going to overcome this trauma so that I don't have to suffer from alcoholism. I don't have to suffer from... But let me keep it know. real with you, right? You're asking somebody who never knew on how to open up about trauma to now open up about trauma. Let's be realistic here, right? Mental health is something that's okay for our generation. Let's look at previous generations, right? There's things that I had to learn about my mom that I wanted her to stop doing things. To this day, I still wish that she had stopped doing those things, right? Right. But my mom also came with a bucket load of trauma that I didn't understand until I was a grown man, mm-hmm. right? Because we've always seen our parents as either A, superheroes or supervillains, mm-hmm. one or the other, because they either they do very wrong or they do very right. It's one or the other. Right. And we take it to such an extreme, not realizing they have human-like traits and they've been in human situations. Mm-hmm. For example, right, we don't know if something happened to your father in his past that he just said, you know what, this is the right way that I want to go out. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact on my mom's end, my mom went through enough trauma, enough for everybody on the planet that I personally know of, including myself. Mm-hmm. So as much as I wanted to be mad at her, I'm like, listen, you fought your best to be here at least to give me 50. Mm-hmm. My mom passed away at 54, right? My great-grandmother, well, my grandmother on my father's side passed away at 52. My dad's dad passed away at 54, right? So to even with that, like my dad's currently in a position where he does what he wants to do because in reality, he outlived his parents, his, his first wife, mm. and a lot of his friends. Yeah, he's like on bonus. He's on bonus trial right now. <laughs> and as much as I want to tell him, you need to stop this, and I don't get it twisted, I tell him as much as I can, 
that's not going to change me loving you because I'll be damned. I'll be damned. And you too, if you're going to cancel me because I'm cussing on this algorithm, I don't care. <laughs> I'll be damned if I don't constantly love you when you felt like you had nothing. Because the reality behind it is if I'm going to spend all of my time trying to save the world, you better believe, bro, I'm going to spend every dime I have trying to save you. And if you don't want to be saved until the very end, I can at least say to myself, I was there until the very end. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to take whatever you feel from your mom away mm -hmm. from you because she put you through a lot of trauma that is unfair to you as a young man. And that's me being honest with you. Mm -hmm. But with that said, bro, I commend you because even though you said it, you just said it, even though she put you to that end, even though she just said this to you, right? And you had to come to grips with like, this is her decision. She still texted you again. Mm -hmm. What did you do? You answered. Yeah, I answered. Of course I did. And that's what I'm saying. It's, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult, but God gives his greatest challenges to his greatest warriors for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you're, you're about the happy heart Academy, bro. It's loving when you when you, you can't even love for real. Like, bro, there's times where I've been so numb, like so numb, like to the point where you just look at everybody and you're like, I can give you this fake love right now. But when I go back home, it's F the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you return from that space. Right. And you're like, why, why did I go that far? I get, we're in a world right now where shit's too crazy. Would y'all agree? Uh, yeah, for sure. Would man. you agree? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not living with any possible regret. Even if I don't feel like it's a regret right now, mm -hmm. I'm not living with a possibility. Yeah. I'm not. I can't. I'm not going to do it. I feel like all three of us have been this close to death. Nah, can't do it. I can't go out like that. I'm just being real. Like, I can't go out not giving every bit of a chance, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's things that I fall short in. Like, really short. Mm. And I'm pretty sure there's probably something that you fall super short in. Or no super short in, right? For sure. And it's unfortunate, yeah, but, bro, not everybody knows how to deal with trauma. Things didn't come together about trauma until just recently, like 2018. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, normalized to talk like, about. Like, normalized to talk mm -hmm. about it, right? So can you imagine the, the years and years and years and years and years and years of trauma that each of our parents have held in and said nothing? Mm -hmm. And even if we're trying to tell them it's okay to talk about it because it's okay in our era, yeah. they can't comprehend in their head that it's okay to talk about it. So right. they're still sitting with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I remember my dad told me one time, bro, he was like, son, there's things I've done that I can't even explain to you. Mm. I said, what do you mean? He said, there's things that I look back on that haunt me at night. Mm. And to this very day, he'll tell me that and won't speak a word about it. Not because he doesn't want to. He physically doesn't know how to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like my mother, God rest her soul, bro, she was taken advantage of at a very young age. Mm. multiple times you know what i'm saying like that type of stuff i can't say to tell you how to handle your trauma right. i'm not you yeah you know what i'm saying i want you to be better about it i want you to say that you're, you're doing better that you mm. that you're going to make the right decision i want that for you like i want that more than anything in the world but i didn't walk in your shoes i don't even know how you moved i don't even know what led you to do the mistake that you made mm. you, you know, know what i'm saying you know what's crazy is like when my dad passed away, I felt like I, I knew him. Like, I felt like him and I were, like, best friends. And there was nothing I didn't know about his life. Because, like, you, you hear the stories, you know, like, the tales that him and the family talk about before you were born. Yeah. Your dad did this thing on vacation and, like, you know, got arrested or, like, yeah, almost got arrested. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's really, I mean, my dad was a musician, so, like, the stories that I hear about, like, when he would just be playing at local bars in high school, dude, like, those stories are wild. Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, you think you have your father shaped, right? Like, you think you have the person that made you. 
But like the truth is like I am him. Like mm. I, I every piece of me came from him. So like, you know, it's it's weird that I've actually learned more and felt more connected to my dad since he passed. Mm. I understand him on a deeper level because I think innately if I think and respond naturally to this situation this way, I think my dad would too. And then I look back and I'm like, but how did he actually show me how you responded to that? And I'm like, so my shape and my, my vision of my dad was based off of solely what, how he physically and mentally responded to s- certain situations in his life, not what he was actually thinking. Mm. But now that he's not here, I know I think like him. And so when I'm presented with like a difficulty in my life, I'm like, I know how my dad would respond. Right. And so that gives you the opportunity to like pick now your future. Like, so the things, the areas in your mom's life that she's been wrestling with or fighting with, you're going to become more familiar with those. Um, you know, Within God forbid she passes soon. Like I, I, you know, I pray that she has a miracle and a longer timeline here on earth, but yeah. like when her time comes, you're going to get to know her at a deeper level because you will think like her and mm. you do think like her, mm-hmm. whether you realize it or not. Yeah. I mean, I, to talk about that, it's like in my, in my book, I I oftentimes reference the idea of like, it's not really what my parents did teach me, like actually sitting me down and teaching me. It's what they, you know, did and or didn't do that taught me the most, like Mm -hmm. through the actions that they've decided, it was like, I've realized like, okay, well, if I go down and do what they did, if I duplicate what they've done, I'm going to have the same life that they have. You know what I mean? So it's like sometimes when we are positioned with a family that um, we don't feel so fortunate, maybe we were abandoned, maybe we weren't loved, maybe we weren't whatever it was, right? Whatever we're, we're fighting through as, you know, the, the, the children of that family, it's like we can utilize that in a way to learn from their mistakes, to improve our own families and our own mm-hmm. lives. And that's where I think the gift of God being able to put me into this like situation to where it was like, I, I've learned so much from their wrongdoings. And I'm grateful that I've just decided to act from a place of like love rather than a place of hurt to like make sure that I'm trying to do everything I can to not duplicate and not saying that they have a bad life or my life was completely, you know, you know, in shingles and problems, but it's like, what can I learn from this? And it's like, if once, once again, like, I think one of the greatest things that hard to deal with as, as kids is to feel abandoned, right? To not feel loved, to not feel valued, to not feel like seen significant, especially to your superhero parents, right? Or, you know, super villain, regardless, they're super to you, yes. right? They're, they're super life. And, you know, it's like when they're making that decision of whatever they're making and however they're handling their trauma, and this is where I, a lot of my work comes into place. Like I know on the, the backside or on the front side of things, it seems like I'm dealing with just a bunch of you know, uh, people that are, you know, going through breakups. It's, it's deeper than that. And really what it is, is like, I want to help you heal so that you don't have to rely on your children to heal you. Right. Right. And it's like, I shouldn't be taking care of my parents. My parents should still be taking care of me to, to a, to an extent, right? Like, I mean, age is inevitable and that's part of the responsibility as children is to take care of your family. But like, I, I got to heal my stuff that was passed down to me. That wasn't even my stuff. Right. Right. And it's like a lot of my stuff that I have is not even my stuff. It's everyone else's stuff that was I, I absorbed at like a sponge as we all do as kids, right? And when I work through that crap and I and I see it as an opportunity to grow myself and then to serve others to help other people, it's like I'm so grateful for all the challenges and adversity that 
we all three have talked about and have gone through and are going through continuously because that is uh, what is going to allow us to be able to be better husbands and fathers and 100%. leaders and speakers and coaches and where whatever our paths look like because we have learned from like it's it's sometimes better to learn from your mistakes than it is from like your successes right like and that's where it's like my my parents weren't super successful in a lot of areas and that's okay you know and that's something that i've come to accept and it's it's hard to accept like the the truth of my my reality right now but it's like I have accepted it and it's cool because you know what that's that's one powerful thing about community and what we have here guys Say is it that again. it's like we can I feel like I'm just talking to you guys like mm -hmm. and I can talk to you guys yeah and like what is on your heart and mind can be discussed here and that's what builds the bond yeah. that's what builds the cu culture that's what builds this to be what it really is which is just like a family worth fighting for because you're in my battles you hear about my battles I hear about your struggles and battles it humanizes who we are as individuals to then build a strong relationship that we have here. And it's like, Brian says it all the time. He's like, I'm willing to go to battle for you guys, to fight for you guys. Yeah, mm -hmm. because you, he's taken the time to get to know each one of us in our stories, 100%. right? And when you understand the, the story behind the person, you will emphasize with the person. You will have empathy, you will have you know love, you will have respect, you, you'll see them from a different view. Like we, we take off what you know we believe people to be yeah. when you know once you hear their story and that's the story is what really helps us to connect and so like i appreciate you guys always being here to be able to be an open ear and hopefully like i can give you guys more than just like you know being an open ear but like as men i think we need to continuously do what we're doing is building communities of men who are willing to be able to open up talk to about one that another a little bit. talk about that a little bit because i know you talk a lot about the men in the home yeah and whatnot and i feel like right now where a lot of things are going the world yeah. needs a lot of men and leaders and women yeah. to play the role, right? Yeah. Be a leader, yeah. make the move, right? And I feel like we've lost a sense of what it means to be a leader in the house, whether it's, because for me, my leader was my mother. Mm. You know what I'm saying? For sure. So, and it's unfortunate a lot of people deal with that, especially nowadays. Like, let's be honest, uh, yeah. a lot of single parent households, right? Yeah. So like to be a leader in your household, man, is taking, stepping up in that role and being a father or being a brother or being a son or being a, you know what I'm saying, a sister yeah. or a brother. Like, do the thing that is the hardest part to do because that's going to make the best decision for you in the long run. And the hardest thing for me ever into this, to this very day, man, is realizing, right, that like you said, bro, like family's not always blood. Mm. And I learned that in the most wildest of ways, right? Where my mom wasn't even my biological mom. Crazy. And I felt like she was more blood than anybody on this entire planet. And mm. I didn't even know she wasn't my biological mom. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like to have those connections, the connections that you make are so very important. So how do you lead the home? How do you lead people? So my question to you is, is like, mm. what do you feel is important right now for the young men that are out there? To understand because we have a lot of young people who listen we have a lot of people that are our age and older who also listen so like give them give them your perspective on how a leader should lead his relationships in life because it's not just between spouse mm -hmm. it's between friends it's between family it's between cousins brothers sisters all of the above so give your give your little input yeah I, I mean i think the most important thing that i think any individual can bring to a relationship is love and respect that's that's what it boils down to like you know, if, if you're trying to lead your, your household or if you're trying to lead your friend group or if you're just trying to be the example, set the standard and kind of allow other people to, you know, duplicate the light that you are sharing, you know, to others. It's like 
you, you got to enter each relationship. And that's what's been challenging for most men. It's like being able to love, like, especially when you don't feel like we're in a world that loves us. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're always the enemy. We're always the bad guy. We're always, you know, kind of help. We're, we're, we're doing things where it's like, we're not being taught that it's okay to like, they're, they're, and this is a juggle, right? But it's okay to be masculine and feminine simultaneously. Like there's a love aspect to every man that's a gentle giant, right? That's what they're called. It's like, I'm here to protect my family. We're protectors. Like if, if, you're, if you're a man listening to this you know, episode, it's, it's really about, you've got to show love and respect. Wow. for your individual, for your spouse, and you've got to enter the household. Like, you know, I, I, I find it rather interesting. I've been trying to, and I'm, I'm not super familiar with this yet, but I, I've been juggling with this idea, um, and it's more of a theory than anything, but it's like how a business and a home are run. Like, you should be running your home like a business as well. Like, once again, in every business, there's a CEO. Is there not? Like, you, you mm -hmm. have to have a CEO to, in order for you to run a business. In a home, same thing. Like, as, as, as the... My dad was my mom and my dad, right? So like, but you are, you are the CEO of your last name. And that's the first thing that I tell a lot of men to kind of let them click with that truth. Like, what does that mean inside your home? Mm. What, what does Tipton mean to, to you? What standards and values do you set as a man so that you can lead by example? Mm. Not only the person that says that she loves you, but also the future, many that are going to come behind you. Right. right. So it's like, I, I think if we, as, as a collective, like I really, and I, I know it sounds like cliche, but like, I think you can follow this right away, but like, it is truly living from your heart. Mm. Like if we could learn as men, like to learn how to tap into our heart centered selves that could lead. And, and, and once again, it's not from a place of fear, but a place of faith. It's the way Jesus walked with faith. You know what I mean? That's why he walked on water. Like he can do things because he had great faith, right? And it's like, if we allow ourselves to tune into that for just even a quick moment, our ability to lead the way and to be able to split the waters, to be able to take control of difficult times and to respond or be more proactive in our homes so that we don't end up in a divorce, we don't end up in a broken home, we don't end up duplicating what we ran away from as kids. Like, we've got to make sure that you're every day you're showing up with more love in your heart. Like that is the that is the key to I think solving and every problem in the world. It's it's once again humanizing love and making sure that we know how to lead with love in our hearts when we step through the door. Like every CEO that walks through you know a, a company, they know who they are and what that title represents. But what's your title inside your home and how do you walk through your home? How do you walk through your community? How do you walk in with your friend group? Are you making sure that you're intentional and being present with them? These skills like we've lost because we're so disconnected from the trueness of life, which is living in the present moment and being intentional with each one of you, right? It's like true leaders are intentional. You know, they ask good questions and they perhaps even lead with love, right? And it's like, that's what I would, I mean, I, I could continue to go into depth with that, but like the, the secret to, I think, living a, a great life full of, you know, with leadership is like having love in your heart consistently and tapping into that. And I think one of the greatest things that I've ever done, because it's, as we talked about, it's, it's hard to love people when people hurt people, right? Mm. Hurt people, hurt people, but healed people, heal people. I think we've discussed that multiple times throughout, you know, our stay here at the payment group. And, um, but, but the truth behind that is, is like, if, if, if we can come together and I can show you more love and listen to you and I'm present with you, and I'm not so disconnected, uh, from reality by staying on social media, by staying on, you know, whatever it is, social media is the biggest thing that's distracting all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's the real truth the behind this. Distraction. Yeah, dude. And it's like, if we gave our time, energy and effort to 
loving rather than finding ourselves distracted, like your relationships and your quality of life significantly improve right away. And it's, I don't think it's super hard. I don't think God put us in, you know, um, told us to get into relationships because they're going to be super challenging. Like, I don't think relationships should be hard if you just love and respect. Like mm. that, that endless cycle here in the workplace, outside of the workplace, in your home, in, in coaching experiences, you know, coaching a team, of, you know, football players or whatever. Like everybody just wants more respect or more love. And if you can continue to be the beacon that gives that dude the relational dynamic between you and that person or you and that community, you and that group, they're going to follow you and you're just going to be just, a, I mean, a leader in, in, in general. Like there's not, I, I think Jesus walked with love and respect consistently. And I mean, you could probably talk about that, Vinny, but like it's constantly showing up in that manner. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's really important. And that's what we've lost, uh, especially as men, because it's like we have the weight of the world on our shoulders. Yeah. We have to protect. We have to make sure that we're a, a guide. We have to make sure that we are everything that our household needs to be. So like, once again, we have to be the financial person. We have to be the, the breadwinner. We have to be the lover. We have to be the leader. We have to be the you know spiritual guy. We, we It's all on us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just got hit with this while you were talking. I mean, I don't know if this, if like I'm out of place saying it, but like, um, you know, I think about the way that, you know, if you're a Christian or whatever you believe, our, our show has become very faith-based and I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% this. here for it. Thank you. Um, yeah. But like, if you believe that like Jesus came and died for you, right? Or like Jesus all knowing, you know, he, he knows your, he knows everything that God knows. He is God. He's yes. in the flesh. So if Jesus is willing to go to the cross, knowing that like, like he knows what's best for every single human and he's watched the bad decisions and he's still willing to carry his own cross and like give his life. And then he calls you to do the same. He's calling you to do the same for everybody in your life that you see doing the wrong thing. You see consistently making the wrong decisions and just saying, you know what? I'm going to give my life um, to something better. I'm going to give my life doing what I feel called to do. And so you, in a way, the only way to save people that consistently make the wrong decisions is to pretty much die to yourself Mm. and surrender to God. Surrender. And I think a lot of Christians kind of just use faith or just maybe not even Christians, like whatever your practice is, you kind of use faith as an excuse for your shortcomings, for, you know, the things that you're not good at that you need to work on. It's like, ah, God will fix it. Ah, God will fix it. God's got me. Like, it, yeah, he does. He's going to fix He already fixed it on a cross. Mm. He already did. <laughs> so you're not saying anything that's not true. But the truth is, is the reason, the, the fact that he did fix it on a cross allows you to tap into that, that heavenly realm now. Gets, you get the heart of God. You get the, the, you know, the mind of Christ when mm. you surrender. So like, if you deny those things, that's that's your choice. Mm. You don't get to experience life in all the fullness that he has planned for you. So it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. Mm. It doesn't mean that you can't, you know, live in eternity with him. Mm. It just means that you're not going to get to experience it here with your friends and family in the flesh in the way that he wants us to experience life. Mm. And so it sucks. It does suck what, what you know, what you're going through and um 
But the truth is, dude, like God has seen people struggle with the same things she's struggled with for eternity. Right. Still chose to die on the cross. 100% for so all sinners. So it's like, you know, you, you just continuing to, to just show up for your family. I know it's going to be hard, and I know that you have to set barriers and boundaries to protect your family, but that is, in sense, saving them because you're saving your mom's grandchildren from mm-hmm. having to go down that path if you mm-hmm. set the correct barriers, if you set the right tempo for your family, like you said, the values, the things that, that are unwavering in your household, mm-hmm. you're saving your mom just a few generations later. So it's like, I commend you, man, because I know that what you're going through right now, you're in the thick of it, and you're probably going to watch back this podcast in a few years and be in a different space mentally because I'm sure that if I sat down when my dad was passing and, like, you interviewed me, I'm sure I'd say and do and talk in a certain way, and I'd couple, like, you're, you're, you're just constantly just evolving. Right. But, like, the vulnerability in, 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 you know, we didn't even know you were going to open up and, and talk about that today, like, truly. You know, we, we just had a couple ideas of what we wanted to talk about. You joined our team over here on the creative side, on the marketing side, and I thought it, we've been talking about you coming on a show, and this was none of this was planned out. You literally were sitting in here this morning, and we were going to just do a solo episode, and I was like, dude, I feel like our conversation just while we were sitting here was just Great. ordained. Like, it was it was ministering to me. And so I was like, dude, we just, th- so thank you for just hopping on with yeah. no planning. And, um, you know, I hope that this connects. So I have one more question for you. Yeah. For the person who is going through something that feels like they're being called to be a leader, mm-hmm. whether it's on their team, maybe they're a freshman, sophomore, and they see the way that things are being led and it's just garbage. Or maybe you're a walk-on on a football team mm-hmm. and you're, you feel like, you have every bit of talent and drive and determination, but nobody wants to look your way as a leader. And then when you step up and you finally do that thing as a leader and they, everyone's like, ah, shut up, you don't even play. Or like, you don't even, you know what I'm saying? Mm. How, do you, how do you move through that? Because both of those scenarios were me. And I never knew how to like mm. show up as a leader when it was like, I'm the walk-on that's like just trying to earn a scholarship. Mm. I'm the, the young undersized freshman, but I like want to lead this team. And that's just in sports. So, like, there's been several instances in my life, like, as a husband and father, where I'm, like, I'm being, I feel like I'm supposed to lead here, and, like, there's people above me in this situation that aren't really giving me the, mm. the leadership yeah. stamp. So, it's, mm. like, what do you do? Yep. Great question. I think it's a loaded question. I'm going to try to summarize it, but here's my perspective. I think when you have outside noise, it's because, once again, you don't know yourself well enough for you to stick up for yourself. Like, you got to know you. To be a I leader, mean, you, yeah. you got you to make sure that... You've already defined who you are because people are going to walk in and out of your life telling you who you are and what you're not, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. So if you feel like you are a leader and someone else is questioning that, let them question it because you've set the standard and you know who you are. So I think the first thing that you know you can really do is like decide who you want to be and how you want to show up and believe in that so much by backing it up with consistent action that you know that this is just who you are. So like it's it's this is an example that I like to use quite often is like you guys can come over to my home and meet my wife once and you 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 could come to me and say she's not very nice or she's not very loving or she's whatever x y and z. I'd look at you and laugh because I'm like you don't know her. You mm-hmm. can't you can't tell me who she is and I'm not going to believe that you can tell me who she is. I know who she is. So I'm not going to let somebody else come in my home and tell me who she is. Mm-hmm. Same thing my home you're not going to come into my home and tell me what I can and can't do. 100%. So if you feel within yourself that you're a leader, well, then stand up for yourself. 
because those cowards that are telling you and picking on you and, and basically not believing in you, why that's affecting you is because there's a part of you that's not believing in you. Mm. And so it's like, I need you to step up. I need you to believe in yourself. And I need you to put on the, the pads, put on the helmet, put on the hat, put on the glasses, put on the thing that you need to put on, to strap on, to be able to get you to where you want to go. But like, you will never be who you want to be if you don't claim that as an individual. So I'm asking you to really just claim it as an individual. I, I wasn't, I, I wanted to be a best-selling author. I claimed that. Even though I was illiterate, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I was constantly being tutored throughout my entire life, right? Up until basically my last year of college, right? But I, I chose a different path. I'm like, mm -hmm. that's who they labeled me as. I'm going to relabel myself and believe in that. And I'm mm -hmm. going to start doing the thing that I need to do. So realistically, don't allow other people to talk, speak life into you or um, death into you. Tell, you. tell you, talk to yourself and make sure that you're telling yourself who you want to be and just believe in that. Because inevitably, you'll start walking that out and people will get behind you because they're going to test you before they get behind you. Yeah. I also feel that you got to know who you're leading because every, every new role you step in is a different type of leadership, right? You can't always say to yourself, well, I've always led this way, so that's how I'm going to lead because those people might not be like those people. Mm. You see what I'm saying? What I've learned from being here, man, is like every person that you get around is a new step in leadership. I can't lead you the same way I led the Pit Panthers. I can't lead you the same way that I lead my family. It's not going to work that mm. way, right? And that's respect that you got to earn. So it's not always what you're doing. Sometimes it's how. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not leading from the front. Sometimes it's leading from the back, mm -hmm. right? I was put in a weird position at my opportunity when I was playing football, right, where I was a leader, but I wasn't the front forehead. I wasn't playing every single game. Mm -hmm. I was a leader from the standpoint of when you needed somebody to be there, who was there? When you needed a conversation on the phone, who was there? When you needed to sit down and you need somebody to help you get through a situation, I'll make sure to be there. You see what I'm saying? So it's not always how, because my leadership changed through seven years. Mm -hmm. At first I was at the front, then I was in the middle, then I was at the back. Either way, you still find a way to lead. But each new role that you put yourself in is a new version of how you may have to lead, right? One thing that John Maxwell speaks of very highly is you'll never reach the same level of leadership in every single, with every single person that you meet. Mm. There's steps to this stuff, you feel me? Like you can't feel like you're, just because you were respected over there that you're gonna be respected right here. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm telling you right now, if you walk in the hood right now and you say, you're going to give me respect, you probably ain't making it back out of that. I'm going to let you know that right now, right? Yeah. So just go ahead and say that, right? You have to earn that respect. Mm -hmm. So how do you earn it? It's every day with, again, how you live, right? Your discipline within yourself. Mm -hmm. Knowing yourself is another huge point, right? Mm -hmm. But also getting to know the people that you're leading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because how you lead one school is not going to be how you lead the other school. How you lead your family is not going to be on how you lead your, lead your mother. You know what I'm saying? It's like everything that you do is going to be different, but you have to respect the fact that you're starting at ground one. Mm -hmm. Think about that. I was a level five over here, but I'm a level one right here. Yeah. So I got to learn you so I can learn how to become your level five leader. Mm. Otherwise, no doubt. what am connect. I doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, again, I can't expect you to allow me to lead. No, I got to earn that from you. How do I earn that? I show up every day mm -hmm. for you. I show up. I be that leader every single day. Then I also show up for myself mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. How I take care of myself, how I walk with myself, how I talk to myself. Mm -hmm. Now also how I talk to you and how we're moving together, right? That's why I feel like the leadership basis, it changes over time because you lead different in every single relationship you're in. 
you lead different now than you do you have in the past, right? You could probably say right now, I'm probably the best father that you've ever been just because your leadership levels have changed. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like in, in it's every... It's fluid. It's fluid. So in yeah. every new building, I'm not the top leader here. Mm-hmm. And I am A-OK with that, mm-hmm. right? But when it's my time to lead around the people that I'm around, I take advantage of that opportunity to make sure that these people know if you need something, you've got something. At the end of the day, who can you count on? You can always count on me. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes it's hard to lead from the back or being that freshman. Or, for example, you're a freshman in college and you're trying to lead right now, and it's hard because you have seniors. You lead with your play to start. Mm-hmm. Then you lead your group, mm-hmm. right? Being right. okay with, like, I, I do like that transition. Being okay with, like, leading because in high school you were the dog, right? You, you were the man. Come and on. you're going to have an ego ch- check for the most part. Many mm-hmm. of them will mm-hmm. when it comes to, no, now you're a true freshman, mm-hmm. right? And like you got to know your place Come to on. earn the respect from from those that are above you and behind you and and with you, right beside you, right? So it's like if you if you can allow yourself to lead yourself wherever you're currently at and being okay with that with patience, right? Will come greatness following that, 100%. right? But it was it, it is at those moments you do have to be very fluid with your ability to lead yourself in different situations with different people, uh, because if you don't and you're like one way. Once again, it's it, it reminds me of just like constantly like um, o- older folks, right? It's like they hate change. A lot of <laughs> they're like, I this new iPhone or this thing, you know, what happened to flip phone or what? Why is there chips in our credit why cards can't now? I have a pager. Like, <laughs> why can't I have a pa- exactly? Where's the fax machine? Now we're 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 changing, right? We're evolving. <laughs> so like you know, but it's like allowing yourself to stay fluid at all times within your leadership ability so that you're not so stuck on being one thing or one way or one mind. Being open, right? And just being okay with where where you're at and then still knowing that just because you're in a different position doesn't change who you are. Come on. You know what I mean? So once once you're there, be there and fully there with yourself, allowing yourself to lead whatever direction is you're being told to lead. What part of the, you know, what Wherever I'm meant to be, I will be there 100% and I will do my best. If that is the style of leadership that you're showing up on the football team, you know, or in, in, in school or, you know, at the workplace, you're going to go places far and you're going to do amazing things with your life. But it's like, th- even though I'm not the athlete anymore, like I still have the athlete mentality, right, of like I am still going to show up and be the best dang person and you're not going to outwork me. You can't. Right? Like I, I – even even when I don't feel good, you're still not going to outwork me. I'm going to continue to do my best because that's all I've ever tried to do, and that's what has got me selfishly the validation that I've always wanted, the significance that I've always wanted. Like that's that's sometimes hard to talk about, but like we all seek it. Validation, right. significance, and how do you bring that? The best way to bring that is to lead in your life by giving the maximum effort that you can give, and then once again helping other people along the way. And let's talk about that, right? Self validation. Let's talk about it because I want to ask both of you, right? It's like we, we search so hard for everybody else's validation. At what point of time in your life did you realize I need my validation first before I get everybody else's? And I'm, I'm curious to see both of your answers. You want to start? You want me to? You can, man. So for me, it's with my art. Because if there's any profession that I've ever stepped foot into that I felt like I had to overcome imposter syndrome, dude, it's that one. When you're a creative and you literally like every piece, like I've done every job. Like when I was in high school, I started cutting grass. So that was like the first side hustle that I had. Then after that, I worked at Stephen Barry's. You guys remember Stephen Barry's? <laughs> yeah. 
I yeah. got hired there and, and they closed within the first month of me working there. But that's another story. <laughs> that's another story. I actually, I found out we were closing my first day on the job. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, yeah, in about a month. And I was like, well, shit. So I started <laughs> hiding all the good stuff in the back. Because I heard rumors that, like, on the last day, whatever was left, we got to fill a garbage bag or fill a cart, and it was five bucks, whatever we could fit in the cart. Come last day, everyone's like, shit, there ain't nothing left because everything was marked down to, like, 50 cents. Bro, I came out of the back with this cart (laughs) full of shit. I'm like, I went into, like, Christmas... Like at the lunch table, I'm like, you get a you get an Illinois T-shirt, you get a <laughs> knockoff food. Like uh, what was Fubu? Fu- no, it was uh, uh. yeah Fubu, but like it was um, Starberry. Remember? Oh like, the man, I had all of them. I had all all the shoes. Yeah, so I was I was you know dishing that stuff out. But anyways, I worked there. I worked. I was a server at um, Steak and Shake. I was a server at Ocean City, Maryland, at a restaurant there. Then I was in college. I was working at Finish Line. I worked at Dick's Sporting Goods. So I worked like all the retail, all the servers, all the like shit. I worked as a car salesman. You want to talk about like imposter syndrome? Or I don't even know how to change my oil. I'm selling cars. <laughs> like, but I still like never overcame it there. And that's why I sucked. Right. Like I couldn't sell cars because people would sit down and I'd just be like, listen, man, my, my cousin like right there is like the number one salesman in like all of PA. <laughs> like just goes... Like, I'm just trying to make my base right now. You know what I'm saying? So, like, just go give him the commission. He takes me out to dinner once a week. So just, just, just go talk to him. Go talk to him. But, like, I just I wasn't I wasn't able to overcome the imposter. So I probably could be a good car salesman if I really, like, wanted to do it. You know, right. I'd learn. Same thing with art, dude. Like, it comes naturally. But, like, I had to convince myself that what I'm putting out is valuable to the world mm. because it's not needed. Like nobody's nobody is gonna like wake up and well at least in my eyes and be like, ah man, Vinny didn't drop a painting today. How do I like get right. on with my life? Like how do I show up and be like, no, this adds value to the world. Mm-hmm. And like that constant voice in my head that's saying like, what you do doesn't matter. What you do doesn't matter. What you do doesn't matter. You have to. It's a constant battle. Mm-hmm. And that was for me the the like and also you know being a a freelance artist and starting a family. That was another one where it was like, you're going to fail. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose X, right. Y, and Z. Your kids are going to hate you because they're going to grow up broke. Like <laughs> all these things, like things I've wrestled through. That was definitely my biggest, like how, how do I show up? Uh, what was the question? Like how do I find self-validation? Validate myself. Like mm. that was, it was through that journey. Mm. Mm. Dude, that's huge. I think the last point you made there with it, like trying to make sure that you know, your, your kids grow up wealthier than yourself is like, I think that's what everyone really wants, right? It's like, I want to give my kids, I don't have kids yet, but I mean, that is what we, my, my wife and I have been talking about a lot lately. So it's like, um, but you know, I, I stopped caring, like there, there was a time where I literally just, cause I didn't have the validation growing up. So I sought it from everyone else. And it became like, I was tired of the temporary highs mm-hmm. and that's just my truth. Like I was tired of waiting for someone else to make me feel good. And I realized how many people already didn't feel good. And and then I waited for them to make me feel good and made me only feel worse. Mm. Like I was, I was tired of just waiting around for happiness to fall and validation to fall and significance to fall on my shoulders. Like I, like I deserve it. Like, Mm. you know, I, I was tired of that kind of mindset. So I really had a mindset shift that has taken place for me to allow myself to validate myself. And, and it wasn't even me validating myself as much as it was like, it was basically the time I met my wife where I'm like, I knew three days in to meeting her and she'll tell you that, 
that I was like, I know this sounds crazy, but I believe you're my person. I believe we're meant to be together. That was day three, right? Like, and I, that was me sitting shooter across from her. Shoot, <laughs> Dude, shooter, shoot, I, bro. I, you're Curry in the god dang fourth. And, and here we are, man, <laughs> happily married. And it is the best decision. But that, uh, that right there was like, I've got to stop waiting for somebody else to make me happy. I got to be happy so I can make her happy. Say it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> Say it one more time for the people who didn't hear you in the back. But, Say it again straight to that camera right there. What's your camera number two? Yeah, two? Pro Say probably two. two. Three, one, where are we Say at? two. Say <laughs> yeah. two. Say, Say that too. At the end of the day, it's like I had to make sure that I was happy for myself so that I could take care of me and then help her to become happy as well. Like, I'm not waiting for her to make me happy. I didn't enter that relationship to wait for her to bring me something that I was lacking. I didn't want to enter a place of hurt. I wanted to enter a place from my heart. Mm. I wanted to make sure that I was going into that relationship with her from a place of love where I'm like, I don't need, a, I don't need you. I desire and want you and my soul craves you, and that's where I came from. And so it's like, but that only happened when I stopped waiting for somebody else to validate me. And I started to be, believe and continuously tell myself and then back it up with constant action of like effort to be able to be, believe in myself. Like, I don't need to wait for Brian, for you, for anybody to tell me my, my value or my worth. It was what I talked about earlier. I know who I am. I know who I'm becoming. I know what I want. And you can't take that away from me no matter what you say to me, right? You can make me question it, and make me think a little bit differently. But my, my identity, I know who I am. And so it's like when I started to, to believe in who I, who I am becoming, I'm like, I, I know the greatness in me. I don't need you to validate me anymore. I don't need you to come to me and tell me how great I am. I'm already great and I'm supposed to... I, I was given life so I could help other people receive more life out of their own mm. life. Like, that's why God gave me my, my life, is to help other people unlock aliveness in their own life. And how do I do that? Help them tap into their heart. Like, that's why I'm here. Come on. Right? And so it's like, I, I, was, I was tired of this temporary happiness. That, that's, that's basically... You're, it's, it's constantly you're living on the highs and lows. Yeah, we Always. just talked about it last week. It was the title of last week's episode was like growth happens between the highs and lows. It's the truth. Like when you, when you live for that high, you chase it. Chase and it, And then like you chase it, you chase it, you chase it. But what happens is you end up finding out that like in, like in chasing that high, you actually, you, you experience that high a lot. Probably mm, like mm. whether that high is yeah. being high or like sex, drugs, whatever it is, whatever it may yeah. be. like that high, if you chase it, you'll find it. You'll but you know what the alternate of that means? That means you're, you're, you're going to find that low a lot too. Mm, like yeah. that extreme I, low. I had a coach who used to always say like hitting is one of those things where you can't, you're never as great as your greatest day. You're never as bad as your worst day. And he's like, if you ride the roller coaster of life, you'll get sick every time. Mm. Wow. Like, wow. Whoa. I was That's like, it. the voice Swing. from the heavens just came out of <laughs> nowhere Swing and absolutely <laughs> dominated the space. What did you play in baseball? I was an outfielder. Bro, Bro, from left swing field. from left field, baby. I got that. I'm going to relay that. Diving over here. Catch. That's awesome, dude. That Bro, was incredible. Um, no. Tyler, man, thank you so much. Like this, this is exciting. We'll definitely have to do this again. Um, have you on as a guest again, Trey? 100%. I don't know about you, but I, I really enjoyed this conversation. And I, I'm, you know, for all the all of you out there, like like I said, me and Tyler and Trey, like we and Swing, uh, we we work together like every single day. So this podcast is part of what we do, but it's not everything that we do. Um, so outside of here, outside of what you do here at um, the Pavement Group and through the media side of things, tell them a little bit about where they can find you. Um, maybe Talk other things Academy. that you do. You, you mentioned you're an author, those kind of things. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys uh, allowing me to be on here with you guys. I mean, I feel like this is our constant conversation with or without a mic. Like, yeah. that's what I lo love about just being able to come to the workspace because you guys invite these conversations and they're just 
powerful and strong conversations to continue to move the needle. But outside of the payment group, I run a company called the Happy Heart Academy. Pod, um, and in that Happy Heart Academy, I have a podcast called Happy Heart Academy. And ultimately, there is where I teach people how to overcome the obstacles stopping them from their own feeling more happier in their life and relationships. And I'm a, also a best-selling author of the book called A Big Three. Uh, the Big Three is about helping you rebuild relationships with yourself, others, and God after you go through a difficult time in life, when you lose your identity, when you lose yourself, how do you rebuild uh, your life after that? And it's all through the power of relationships. And you can find me on social media anywhere, Tyler Joe Stratton. Um, that's T-Y-L-E-R-J-O-E-S-T-R-A-T-T-O-N. Um, and there, uh, I post daily, constantly. You'll see these guys on there all the time um, because we're building a great community together of no winners and people that are going places and achieving new levels and new heights every single day. So yeah. um, that's just a little bit about you yeah. know, what you can find and what I do. Thanks, man. Appreciate and, uh, you, brother. And I just want to say to those of you watching right now, if you feel like that this conversation uh, you know, helped you, or you feel like there's someone on your heart right now that this speaks to, you know, someone going through a similar situation to maybe something we described, um, whatever, send them the link to this, because um, I know for sure, like, we've had people message us and, and just say, like, hey, thanks for that conversation today, man, like, it's really, like, shifting my perspective. I can only imagine the countless people that you've helped and, <laughs> and you know, worked through your thing, and, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful to get to do this with you guys. The only way we get to keep doing this is if you guys also echo what we're doing. Um, you know, we're doing this all on organic growth right now, organic reach. Like we're we're really trying to build an audience. And if you mess with this, and you, and I say it every week, if you really like the message that we're putting out, uh, looking at you know caring for athletes, creatives, and people just in general that are interested in growing in their life, um, and you want to see that more in your life then share the stuff that echoes that, like share the stuff that, that breathes life into that. You know, it's easy to share like a funny meme. It's easy you know, we do that too. Like send us your best memes. Like maybe we'll <laughs> show them on the show, but like that can't be the only thing you're sharing. Like maybe. you got to share stuff that, you know, I'm not saying we have like the most incredible, you know, podcast in the world, but I think it's pretty dang good. Dude. It's pretty great. Like, I think the stuff we talk about is really interesting and can help a lot of people or else I wouldn't do it. hundred percent. So, um, give us some, show us some love, subscribe, Make sure you share, follow us on social media, all the stuff in the description below. Scroll through that. There's some good stuff in there. Some good links, good stuff to click on. Throw your stuff up in there. Anything else before we head out? Yeah, I got an idea. All right. You guys ready? Boom. So. Drop it. Here's the idea. I'm looking directly at camera one swing. Yeah. We need <laughs> proof that you don't only give love, that you share love. So if you're watching this video, you got to find three people in your life and make them smile. However you want to make that happen and send to us, hit that's three. Say uno, dos, trace. There it is. <laughs> three people in your life, you got to make them smile. Take a picture with them of you two smiling. Send it to us. Tag us. Whatever it may be, man. We want to show love and give love, but we want to see you also giving love. So, again, I'm Trey Tipton. Um, Swing was messaging me something. What did you say? That could be our hat giveaway, Trey. <laughs> we oh, well, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Wait, what is this? How many, how many hats are we about to give away? <laughs> oh, I, I got to check my stock, though. <laughs> <laughs> you got to check we the stock. We got to start checking. I already had to take a brown one because the lighting wasn't working. Today. This one doesn't even have a logo on it yet. Like, <laughs> we still got to make these hats, dude. <laughs> well, we'll come right. back with a giveaway here soon. No, we, we got to figure it out now. What's the giveaway? All right, look. We'll do this. For the first person. No, that's not fair. How about over and next episode, next week's episode, we will we will look at everybody who tags us in this post. Okay. 
and then we will randomly select one and give them a hat. That's fair. Would you say that's fair? I like that idea. All right. Okay. Let's roll you with it. You get to pick the color. All right, well, then, yeah, you get it. So now do it. Uh-oh, swing's coming in. Go on your Instagram. Oh, shit. Take a selfie with your best friend or whoever. Tag Trey, Vinny, and Athletic Aesthetic Podcast, and we're going to pick somebody to give a hat away to. So tag us. Let's do it. We did the shout-out. We did everything we could. <laughs> Check it out. Pay attention to us. Is there anything else that you guys want to say? Uh, no. Tyler, you look really bulky in your shirt. You're looking good. Thank you, my friends. Looks no, I have nothing else to say. Nothing else? Give me a flex, Ty. Yeah, give us a little flex. Oh, God. Chill, a flex. chill, chill, chill. All right, now don't break the camera. Cause. Saquon who? Saquon who? <laughs> hey, we are Athletic Aesthetic, and we love you. Peace. <laughs>